I got to I got to tell you something right yeah. off the right off the get go here. Yeah. Um it's kind of bad news. Oh. My wife left me. Oh shit. Because I'm a compulsive gambler. Oh yeah. That's why. Okay. I'm glad this is a safe space for you. 
but I bet you a hundred bucks I can win her back. <laughs> You're on. Oh yeah. Tonight, what are you drinking, Alex? Um, Rheingeist powder, white IPA, basically white India pale ale. It's powder. powder. I'm drinking this bad boy right here. You see that? Southern tier, Southern tier Irish, Irish cream. cream. Nice Irish cream stout, and it's in a which you can't even tell. It, it just disappears. The Cerberus Thoughts Koozie. Oh. The Ridge. The Ridge Cerberus Thoughts Koozie. The OG. Yeah, I guess <clears throat> that is the I guess that is the old logo. Yeah. A couple hundred episodes ago. That's right. That's right. Tonight, uh Alex way to just soft pitch that right to me, buddy. Uh, tonight is our 200th episode. Although if there's more than two, if you go onto, onto Apple or Apple podcast or Google play or whatever those are, you will find more than 200 episodes. And that's because we did a bunch of just like Gary's best stuff episodes and just, just random shit like that, that. We just kind of threw something together just to have an episode for that week. But this is the 200th original Soberless Thoughts episode. Official. Officially. Officially. And of course, you don't go into a Soberless Thoughts official landmark episode with an official topic. You just don't do it. No, never. Who would we, we be? Who would we be if we did something like that? Right. What are we, rookies? Yeah. Can't believe. I do have some things that I have on my extensive list of topics that I've always wanted to talk about on an episode, but I, we've yeah. never, we've never got around to for whatever reason. Right. I think mostly because I don't think that we could take up an entire episode with them okay but it's just like random soberless thoughts just right. random soberless thoughts that i was thinking about and uh and then i wrote it down on my list and was like ah we'll talk about that one day <laughs> today might be the day today is the day today is the day so one of the things that i wanted to talk about alex was okay have you ever heard of internal combustion? I mean, the engine or like talking about people or spontaneously no, spontaneous combustion. combustion. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard of that before? Yeah. Do you know that they have no, like there's no, nobody can come up with a, a clear reason as to why that happens. I mean, I could see that it's, it's kind of one of those things that like, it just happens. It's just one minute you're there, you rip a fart, and then, you know, some lever inside your body. I don't know. I always think it's like, is it maybe like methane gets trapped in your gut and then, you know, 
there was a lot a of spark. people. Yeah, a lot know. of people they find that they were smoking when it happened. Mm. So I mean that could be a that could be something. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, they were at the chili cook-off the night before. You know, they're dealing with all that heartburn the next day, and they're like, God, I just need a cigarette. And, you know, they're, they've been dropping bean fart after bean fart in a closed area. And then... That's right. Dude, all right, so here it is. Here's my theory on the whole thing, okay? All right. Almost every single time that they find that somebody has spontaneously combusted and died. Yeah. Almost every single time they find them in the recliner or their lazy boy in the living room and nobody else was in the room. They're just there by themselves. And then somehow they're found. Right. Right. I think hear me out is that they sold their soul to the devil. Ooh. I went to the crossroads. Fell down on my knees. I went to the crossroads. Fell down on my knees. Holy. Holy? Guess again. I want to play guitar. I want you to make me the best blues man ever lived. If that's what you want. So, how do we... Do we shake on it? Okay, and then they hid out inside. They knew their time was up. Right. And they're like, I'm not fucking going outside no more. Right. Because as soon as I walk out the door, I'm going to get hit by a goddamn bus. Like, you you ain't, you ain't going to see me step foot out of this house. Right. And even uh, Robert Johnson was wrote a song about how he heard the demons scratching at his door and he is afraid to go outside because yeah. he sold his soul to the devil, right?
I think that's real. I think that's a real thing. And that's what these people are doing is they're hiding in their house. Like, I'm just going to do an HBO marathon and sit right the fuck here and ain't nobody getting me. Right. But the devil I mean, gets his due, right? Right. I mean, they, they definitely got final destination for sure. <laughs> yes. Because it like, you know, I'm sitting here thinking like they, like all of a sudden their, stu- their stomach starts filling up full of gas you know, they got their nice comfy wool socks. They rub it on the bottom. They touch a doorknob. Dead. Um, or touch the handle of the lazy boy and it's like grounded. And the <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I feel like if that was the case, then the fire inspector would come in and he'd be able to see that. I don't know if they're actually. Now, when you say spontaneously combusted are you talking about like they're actually exploded no they like catch on fire from the inside ah okay i was thinking of like an explosion i was like just ass blood and guts everywhere no um they just like what they find is just a pile of ash and sometimes mm -hmm. it's not even the whole body Sometimes yeah. like there's like a leg and an arm that didn't even catch on fire, but the whole rest of their body is nothing but ash. Yeah. And then like nothing around them, like half the chair and none of the carpet around them are even sin- singed. Right. It, it burns so quick and so hot. It's just that. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I don't know. That's wild, man. I can't even. I mean, that makes the most sense because I've watched Supernatural. Like, uh, you know, you get 10 years and then the hellhounds come for you. Uh, yeah, man. They got dragged to hell. <laughs> I was thinking that too. For sure. For sure. Uh, that is a good explanation. I know. I'm trying to come like, what's the, what's the sciencey? I don't know. Barometric pressure. Fuck if I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> dude, I don't. That's so wild. I don't know, dude. Don't think of a sciencey thing. If there's one I, thing I I've can't, learned it's in the like, last I can't, four years, it's not yeah. to believe anything I hear science wise. Uh, aliens, aliens shoot a fucking laser beam at them. Has to be just, aliens. Aliens. See, all right. I'll I'll go. You'll go supernatural. I'll go aliens. Uh, sci-fi. Now, during the Flower People period, who was your drummer? Stumpy's replacement, Peter James Bond. He also died in mysterious circumstances. We were playing uh, a uh, festival, blues, jazz blues festival. Where was that? Well, blues I, jazz, really. Blues jazz festival. It was, the, it was, the, uh, it was in the Isle, Isle of Lucy. Lucy. The yeah. Isle of Lucy. Isle of Lucy. Jazz blues festival. And uh, it was tragic, really. He exploded on stage. just went up. It just was like a flash of green light and that was it. Nothing was left. Look it was his face. Well, there was. It's that, true. This, it this truly did There was a little green globule on his drum seat. Like a stain, really. It was, it was a small stain. stain in a globule, yeah. actually. And you know, was, several, you know, dozens of people spontaneously combust each year. It's just not really widely reported. Right. Yeah. Tractor beam, anal probe that was left behind, malfunctioned. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that happens? Like, uh, alien will like 
It's like, hey, hey, Jim, did you get that guy? Did you tag that guy? Like, yeah, yeah, I stuck the whole thing in his ass. It'll definitely be there for a while. Uh, it's like, uh, which one did you use? Oh, I used 84331. It's like, you use 84331? Jesus, man, that one's broke. You're supposed to use 84335. Like, oh, shit, you didn't tell me that. Tim didn't tell me. And then oh they just—they're like, "Well, we can't. Too late now. He's out in the world." Yeah, dicking time bomb. About the. <laughs> they don't care. They're no. just like, "All right, well, you know, I—I I know, you know, I know." Yeah. Jason said we need to like get our shit underway. You know, our, our quotas on all these accidents for all these uh, people we've been abducting. You know, too many incidences, too much flack, too much press. Yeah, we're like mice to them. You think if we you think if we did that to a mouse on accident, we'd go find that mouse and be like, "Hey, whoops, we put the wrong beaker in you." <laughs> Probably not. No, of course not. Yeah. They're not going oh, to yeah. do that either. Dude, I I knew a woman that uh her job her job was to give mice cancer. Oh, that sounds like a wonderful job. <laughs> yeah. And she was like very science, you know, she's very science driven, but she was like a clean freak. But like, she just was like, yeah, she was like, I inoculate them with this cancer cell, essentially give them cancer in different areas. And then it's like the prep mice for this oncology department, medical thing she works for, where they're trying to like cure the, uh, the cancer or whatever they're working on at the time. And that's all she does. Just there you go. There you go. Like that's fucking crazy. That is wild, dude. I know. I'm like, you're just like killing hundreds of mice a day. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Dude, I don't think that we'll ever, do you think we'll ever have a cure for cancer? Uh, yeah. One day. I, think I don't so. think so. I don't think I so. Think uh, they just came out with something recently for. Um, it's all. It's all just. Uh, it's all, <laughs> dude. There's no way. There's no I, way. I knew they, this was coming. I knew they this make was way too much money. Way too much money. Oh, in that case, they already have a cure. They just don't give it to us for sure. <laughs> so they have a cure. Yeah, they had. They have. There's. I have sources. That tell me that there's been a cure for cancer since back in the 1800s. We just, ever since we went over to this new form of medicine, it's like, it's all about the greenbacks, man. We got to have that money. For sure. And if, if it's not working a profit, then it's not worth it. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, and there's always. just think about all the people that are all the people that are uh employed just the employees alone that are involved in the whole cancer thing if you had cures for all for the cancers look at how many people would also overnight become unemployed it's an entire industry gone oh uh I mean, yeah. I mean, literally, you have a, a sect of every hospital called oncology, right? That's specifically dedicated to that. I always thought it is strange that the sector of pharmaceuticals 
is one that is usually for profit. Does this mean that the profit and loss formula controls the decision of what medicine to produce, even for cancer medication? They wanted to pay me to prison and they wanted to steal some of my patents. A lot of people believe that there is a cure for cancer, but it's not true. Why do ideas spread when there is proof against it? There is a cure for cancer, and that's been known about for a long time. It's a very provocative subject that allows folks to gain followers. You could make a fortune if you had a cure for cancer. If I discovered it, a single person, that's a different stuff. Could this mean that in order to make more money, they suppress the discovery of cheap and effective cures for cancer? I am human, so deep down in my gut I have the fear of death. Fear for my death to an extent, and an extreme fear for the death of those I love. A few years ago, someone who is dear to me was diagnosed with cancer, and death became very near. This pushed me to search for any cure or treatment that could help. I found that much has been said about this. There are people who claim they have been cured by non-institutional or alternative cures. There are others that claim that the pharmaceutical companies have the cure for cancer, but they hide it in order to continue profiting billions of dollars every year from those who live with the disease. So in brief, this hypothesis claims that an effective cure for cancer, institutional or not, is not in the pharmaceutical company's best interest because of profit. And this claim is not suspicious of a company or two. The suspect here is the entire health institution globally. It is a dangerous accusation which requires inspection and proof. In my research, I met Dr. Stanislav Burzinski, one of the doctors that claimed to have presented a cure for cancer outside the traditional institutional system, and he says that the system fought against him. In five of the patients with brain tumors, the tumor disappeared. It's impressive and unbelievable. It says here that you have been successfully curing cancer since the 1980s. Well, yes, we are specializing in treatment of terminal cancer. We see people coming to us from all over the world. And the main thing is that they were told by their doctors that there's nothing that can be done for them. The cause of cancer are mutated genes from about 80 to 650 mutated genes, which form a program which tells the body how to make cancer. We are identifying these genes and we treat them. And the medications which I discovered, they are able to treat over 150 common genes you can get rid of tumors and patients can live happily after. Sounds like you basically cured cancer. Can you tell me what was the response of the medical community to your treatment? I went through something like 35 years of quote-unquote war with very powerful organizations. So they wanted to put me to prison for 270 years so they can steal my patents. And finally, about four years ago, we won, and I believe that we are beginning a peaceful millennium. 
the question is, who is the discoverer? If the discoverer will be one of the largest financial companies, then it will go right away. If the discoverer is a single person who came to the United States with $5 of his possessions and built his own research center, pharmaceutical factory, and the clinic, well, that's a different story. According to the World Health Organization, Arab countries show a steep rise in the number of cancer patients. In 2012, there was more than one million deaths caused by cancer in the Arab world. And the region is expected to see an 80% increase in the number of patients between the years 2020 and 2030. Millions of people need an effective cure for cancer, a cure which some argue there is a conspiracy to hide. A conspiracy so huge that some people argue it would not stay secret for long. One of these people is David Robert Grimes. Do you think there is a cover-up to hide an effective cure for cancer? A lot of people believe that there's a, a cure for cancer being suppressed by big pharma because they'd lose all the money that they get treating people. And they'll postulate all sorts of strange things they claim cure cancer that aren't profitable for big pharma. It's a nice story, but it's not true. Cancer isn't one disease. Cancer is a family of over 200 known diseases, some of which respond to radiation, some respond to chemotherapy. They're all very different because they're all mutations of different types of cells. So the idea of a single magic bullet for cancer is a bit misguided. Secondly, you could make a fortune if you had a cure for cancer. Half the people in the world will eventually get cancer. If you're selling something to half the people in the world, it's highly profitable. And you can, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, can I just interrupt you there? Did you just say that half of the people of the world will eventually get cancer? Essentially, if you live long enough, you roll a genetic dice. Every day you live, you roll a little chance of getting cancer. If you live long enough, your, your odds on getting cancer go up. It's not that the world is becoming more carcinogenic. We're getting cancer because we're living longer. I must say, I like the fact that you use statistics to support your argument. From that perspective, if there is indeed a conspiracy to hide a cure for a variety of cancers, how long will it take the world before such a conspiracy is uncovered? I actually looked a few years ago at the probability of being able to keep huge conspiracies uh, quiet. I also looked at cancer. And when I crunched through the mathematics of that, at best, if everyone was in, on board of the conspiracy theory, there are so many people you would need. Everyone who works in drug development for cancer, everyone who treats cancer from an oncological point of view, and pretty much everyone in the pharmaceutical industry, that goes to millions of people before you do too much effort. That even if everyone was as good a secret keeper as a national security agency in America, you would at best get maybe two or three years before the whole thing was out of the bag. In the face of such a mathematical impossibility, why does such a narrative persist for so many years? I think this is a story that people tell themselves to give themselves a feeling of power. But I think all the evidence is so blazingly against it. Why do ideas spread when there is proof against it? Because sometimes spreading an idea is just easier than confronting the truth. You want to say it's laziness? Sometimes it is laziness. Other times we choose to believe that 
certain things are bigger than our ability to change them. That's laziness. It's mind-boggling. Information travels, true or false. I'm going to start uh, treating it with cannabis oil. It travels among people. People who know what they are talking about. And people who have no idea, but are emotionally invested. But facts are not something you can pick and choose from, like a suit you want to wear. After I talked to Grimes, I read an article for him where the conspiracy theory of the hidden cure of cancer is described as the zombie theory. It never dies no matter how many times you kill it. Maybe people believe in such theories because they lost faith in the system or because they want to hold on to hope, especially the patients themselves. Maybe someone who went through the experience can explain why the Smith lives. Glenn Savin, is a cancer survivor and coach who may have answers. Why do you think the rumor of a cancer cure cover-up is so pervasive? I think it's uh, two parts. One is that it's a very provocative subject that allows folks to gain followers to, you know, communicate about these various kind of uh, conspiracy theories. So the other issue is the lack of education on the part of patients who are just not seeking their knowledge from the most reputable sources. It's not to say that there's bad actors in pharma. There certainly have been. But if there's cancer cures, then they would be out there and available to the public. Some people say that the medication for cancer, like chemotherapy and radiotherapy, are as toxic as the disease itself. One other thing that folks that may be aligned with this conspiracy thinking have to do with the fact that different chemotherapeutics, different drugs and radiation oncology creates a pro-cancer environment. It's really important for the host, the patient that's undergoing these therapies to be well protected. There's a lot of things that patients can do to get through these toxicities with less of these terrible side effects and even re potentially reducing the long-term side effects. That is not communicated as well as it should be. So what can you tell me about cancer cure research? Is there an effective cure in sight? There is a cure for cancer and that cure has been known about uh, for a long time. And that's called prevention. Healthy, clean eating, movement, stress reduction, restorative sleep, being aware of your environment, all these things play a major factor uh, in, in, in allowing cancer to uh, present itself. What Glenn said means that prevention from cancer is possible by following a healthy lifestyle to avoid illness in general. There are also strange recipes some people claim that can help reach the same end third of cancers can actually be prevented by healthy lifestyle behaviors that we do have control over. Dip half a lemon in baking soda. This combination is effective in the ongoing struggle against cancer. Easy anti-cancer protocol, and that is the baking soda and maple syrup. 
and there are others who came up with strange explanations about the causes of the disease. I decided to go back to David and ask him. Hey, David, I need to ask you a few more questions, if you don't mind. They're concerning the cancer cure claims. Some people claim that cancer is a fungus and they can cure it with sodium bicarbonate. Is that true? Cancer is most definitely not a fungus. You can look at cancer cells under a microscope. They are very much human. Cancer is you, just a really warped version of you. It is not a fungus, which is an entirely different species. So the idea that you can treat cancer like it's a fungus is unfortunately incredibly misguided and can harm patients. I read also once that there was this woman who claimed that she uh, cured her cancer by uh, daily injections of vitamin C. Linus Pauling won two Nobel Prizes, one in chemistry and one as a Peace Prize. And in the 70s, he became obsessed with the idea that vitamin C could cure the cold, that it could cure cancer, that it could cure AIDS, everything. The problem is he was wrong. But because he was so famous and well-renowned, this has become a myth that won't die. Unfortunately, vitamin C does not cure cancer. In fact, vitamin C doesn't even work for colds. So these are the myths of the cures. There are other myths of the causes, like some people claim that deodorants and microwave ovens can cause cancer. The X-rays, the gamma rays, they have the ability to ionize. What that means is they can remove an electron from your chemical bonds. And when they do that, that can cause damage to your DNA, which can eventually become cancer. But the lower energy forms of light, like visible light and microwave, cannot do that. It doesn't have the ability to ionize. So it doesn't cause cancer. Now, do deodorants cause cancer? Well, this has been studied quite a bit too. And most of the data, in fact, all of the solid data we have on this says, no, they do not. So basically, you make it sound as if there is no uh, healthy diet or lifestyle that can actually protect you from cancer. If you have a healthy diet, if you're not obese, if you're not drinking too much, alcohol, for example, is a carcinogen. Obviously, if your general health is, is good, you're rolling that dice of causing harm a little bit less. But again, we have to remember that cancer is largely probabilistic. You can live the healthiest, purest lifestyle and still get cancer. For sure, there are many conspiracies in the world. Sometimes questionable people get together and plot something malicious. But any claim that there is a conspiracy without a clear proof is just empty words. There may be countless delusions that one could believe, but still, there is always only one truth. In ancient Egypt, the sky in the day was called Nut, and at night, it was called Mut. Some say that this is the source of the words Mot in Arabic and Mortem in Latin that mean death. But death in ancient Egypt had a different meaning, linked to the sunset. There is a sunrise later, it's a cycle, and this I see as the only truth about life. Right, and then look at, like, same thing with gas. We, we can make cars that run on your piss. But we're not, we'll never do that. Or just water, just spring water, right. salt water even. And they will never do that because there's an entire industry, the gasoline industry, that's gone. And that, there it goes. Right. <laughs> you know? 
Yeah. There's a, there's that's why things like when I watch the back to the like uh, Back to the Future, we're supposed to have these like floating cars and all this other cool shit by now, like right now, because yeah. we're already ahead in the future of Back to the Future right now, right? Mm-hmm. And For we sure. don't have any of that shit. No. And the reason no. why we don't have any of that shit because we have the technology to have all that shit is because you can't make any money off that shit. No, not right now. And as soon as they as soon as they figure out figure out a way to make a dime off of whatever it is, then boom, it hits the market. Well, yeah. Commerce 101. That's it, buddy. Um I uh it's okay. It's okay. I saw- I saw this thing, speaking of the the mice, you mentioned this, I I meant to say this, but you're talking about, like, if you messed up a mice, a mouse, like, would you even care? And it made me think of this meme I saw recently talking about Cthulhu and the, the, like, like, why he would do whatever he did in the books, which I haven't read the books. I just know vaguely about the character. Um, would be an interesting thing to read and learn about. Um, Is that an Egyptian pharaoh? Cthulhu? Yeah. No, that's... Uh... Ah, shit. Is that one of the Marvel Eternals? No. Are you fucking with me? <laughs> uh... forget how to spell this shit um hp lovecraft damn i knew it was something like that wrote uh a book called the call of the call of cthulhu uh essentially talking about like i think it was like something about writing open i've never read it so i'm just from what i've heard from people talk about but it's about opening a portal and basically there's like a fucking an entity uh, a giant entity worshipped by cultists and some crazy shit like that um, turns I guess this one I'm reading worshipped by uh, cultists in the shape of green octopus dragon uh, capture human form Lovecraft inspired universe Cthulhu whatever so they talk about like why Cthulhu would do whatever it is he does like why would an entity that's like not god but godlike like a demigod like where they live in this universe and they could do all these things and they have all these powers why would they even mess around with us these peon humans yeah someone put it into reference in this meme i saw like so like let's just say you're in the bathroom and all of a sudden you see a bunch of ants and then you go whatever they're just ants right uh, they're like they don't. I didn't even realize they were there until just now. But then you start noticing they they all start going in a circle, and then they light a little fire in the middle of it, and then they they all get on their hind legs and start bowing to the circle. You might 
stop what you're doing and peek in to see what the fuck these ants are doing because it's so random and weird you're right. like okay what's going on and then you hear them talking and they're like oh please mighty mike of the heavens please give us a bountiful harvest and you're like well shit i got like a piece of candy in my pocket <laughs> there you go little guy and like we'll do your bidding and you're like okay and then this just depends on what kind of person you are like i want you to go out and take care like you know get more ants <laughs> <laughs> or be like i want you to go destroy the the ant hill or whatever uh, mm. or you tell them to do stuff and they don't do it then you go destroy the ant hill yeah and they're like, yeah. oh no, we've angered the mighty Mike. Okay, bathroom ants, I need you to battle the garage ants. Yes, see? Now we're talking. <laughs> Take them I out. You to, I need you to destroy the termites. Oh, man. I have heard of, the, I had heard of such thing yeah. as this story you speak of. Um, but you know, we used to do a, like a book club on this podcast. Once, twice, something like I that. I think we did it twice where we yeah. said we were going to go read a book. And then like eight months later, we, we talked about the book that we read. Right. We're like, all right, we've been listening to audiobooks for the past six months. <laughs> and this, and we've made it at least halfway through. Right. This is what we figured out. Well, to be fair, the one book definitely was like stupid long. Which and I feel like we didn't either. We didn't give ourselves enough time because we were trying to crank it out in like a week or like that was like when we were doing the we were on it and it was just like every week and we we're like, all right, book. We literally have four days to get this book under our belt. Yeah, and it was like 26 hours long. Right. It was. <laughs> I, dude, I was working 12 hour shifts and I was listening to it from sunup to sundown of just like, and I was like, just had to pause it. Like, all right, I have to, I have to do something other than listen to this fucking guy's book. There was another time we went to do it and somehow you and I got confused and we listened to two separate books. Do you remember that? Yeah. What book was that? It was like you listen to like one like uh The Chariot of the Gods. Was yeah, you listen to like Chariot of the Gods and I listened to like a Graham Hancock book or something. Right. <laughs> and I was like, was that Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. That that was the wrong one. Yeah, let's <laughs> talk about our findings. <laughs> oh well. You can yeah. find you can find that on previous God knows what episode. That's another thing is we never epi- we never uh put a number put a number to any of these episodes and they all have the most random titles right so there it's like, is no there's, there's, there's nothing to it she so was like i tried putting uh like all the videos now all have um like tag words to them yeah. so like if i if i'm like all right what what were we talking about 
and like i'll put a whole list of tag words like i'll as i'm editing the episode i'll just open a note a note folder in my computer and just start typing in like words of whatever we're talking about if we're talking about like this for for instance this episode will have spontaneous combustion will be one of the right eggs, you know what i mean ants and cthulhu <laughs> ant worshipers yeah <laughs> so uh, that way i'm like oh what was that what episode was that that we were talking about this and then i can just search search that right. try and find it i don't know but none of the old audio only podcasts have any of that so it's just you have to go on based on the title and sometimes if you're just looking at the title I don't know I don't know if I can help you with that dude yeah no I know I've I've gone back and tried to look at stuff where I'm like I have no idea what this episode is about because it you know trying to be wacky with the the name I'm like I don't know what grated parmesan butt cheese is but we're gonna find out uh yeah man yeah. that was a good episode <laughs> yeah i uh what a, this guy who i uh, i used to work with i was telling him about the podcast back when we worked together and then recently i sent him a message like hey man you've been listening to the podcast he's like yeah what he's like i wanted to, i haven't i haven't been but i want to listen to it what is the name of it again? Is it called Cheese Cuck? Cheese Cuck. I'm, I'm pretty sure you said it's the name of the podcast is Cheese Cuck. And I was, I was cracking up. I was like, no, the name of the podcast is Serverless Thoughts. The episode that we had just made was called Cheese Cuck. That's what it was. I knew I was like, I've heard this before, but I don't remember where. It's like, why would you do an episode called that? I was like, why would I do a podcast called that? Like, what are you talking about? For real? Like, that's so much worse. <laughs> I can talk away the cheese cuck episode. I can't talk away. All right. I have a podcast. Right. It's called cheese cuck. Uh, <laughs> what we do is we get, we get strangers on there. And we have them eat our cheese in front of us while asking them questions. Yeah. But I really want the cheese too. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I'm salivating over the cheese over here. That's so funny. I I just used a uh I saw this video of chef like bakers <laughs> and they would make a bread like whatever however labor intensive this bread is like their signature bread and it's always like a big like round you know like like a I don't know how to put it man like not like, like a sliced loaf. bread like a loaf but it's like a baker's loaf like a legit right. like yeah. artisanal loaf right and, and what they then like this they would videotape them sitting down with their loaf and then someone coming in and just fucking taking a knife and scooping out the top and making a fucking bread bowl out of it and dumping a bunch of soup in it. And I couldn't help but put a comment about that. I was like, I feel like I'm watching like 
a like bread cup because <laughs> every single one of them looks so fucking mad i'm like why would you sign up for this I'm like oh no not my bread <laughs> you've ruined what it did I, what did i call it oh uh no instead of a cuck old cuck old i called it a cuck bowl uh, yeah yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Fuck um, bowl. So yeah, over 200 episodes, we've had uh, <laughs> quite the variety of named episodes. Really, it's just a mishposh of whatever we talked about and thrown in. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's clever. Sometimes it's just not. Depends, depends yeah. on how I'm feeling. Depends <laughs> on if I'm editing sober or not. Right. That's, that's what know. it comes down to. I felt like there's been a couple you've done. You're like, yeah, I don't know why I named it that. Uh, <laughs> like, it's it's like a funny inside joke that you don't remember. Well, a lot of times it's an to inside your- joke to what we were talking about in that episode. You know, yeah. like Snaggle Pussy Blues. There was an episode. Right. Yeah. What was, but no, there's, there was one time where you, I just remember this so vividly, you going like, dude, I was like six or seven beers deep. I don't even know why I named it that. But I'm like, I don't know, man. Like it was so left field. I was like, you must have been just like he's like, you're like, ah yeah. Can't be can't be doing that. Yeah. Who knows? Who even knows? That was probably early yeah. on. But earlier, yeah. I don't know, man. I it was just right when you had that when you used to have that hard on about when you get so drunk you fall out of your chair. Dude, that's a good that's a good uh it's a good goal in life, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it was just it was like <laughs> it, it was just funny cuz you like it was like an ongoing thing you're like, dude, I just want to do this. I'm like, dude, there you can do it almost every episode if you wanted to. Oh, yeah. Uh, See, I'm like skimming through the old episode names right now and I don't see anything that is even funny little <laughs> any what funny it, it, even funny let alone uh you know clever pinch yeah. and clinch yeah I mean you got better dude where's my Roanoke <laughs> well, that episode <laughs> That's like the, that's the tip top of us taking an episode too seriously. <laughs> like yes, Roanoke, Roanoke. Remember this? Let's let's do a yeah. let's do a full history podcast for real quick. Full <laughs> right. on history. We were figuring it out still, dude. We still we do you know? Speaking of history, that's something that we have not done in a while. Is drunkards in history? True. That was always a fun one. Yeah. 
We might have to we might have to do a drunkards in history this March. Yeah. Although, yeah, did we do one last March? I, I don't know, dude. How am I supposed to know that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember uh, what we did last month, let alone last I March. Am the, yeah. I am the key master, are you the gatekeeper? Um We were gonna do uh some kind of thing for so or for St. Patrick's Day last year and we never did. Right. <laughs> Which is, it just didn't we happen. do that with holidays. Yeah. Um Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, no, we had we had like looked up like St. Patrick's like people. And we were going to, like, me and you both were going to do, like, a drunkards in history of, like, you do this person, I do this person. And then we just ended up not doing it. And then we just did, like, I did a, a an episode on whatever the person was. And you did yours on whatever that person was, like, the next time. I guess. I don't know. Dude, I don't remember. I don't either. My memory no. is bloop, bloop, when it comes to that. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh. Are you ready? You're gonna help me do it. One, two, three. One, two, three. Oh, 
I do like the winter time though, because it's it's starting to get lighter earlier now, which and lighter, yeah. lighter later, stay lighter later. But I like it in the winter time because it's darker longer. Right, and I feel like it. I feel like it. Uh, I feel like it's better for my soul to only get wasted when it's dark outside. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 it's best for me in the winter time when it's dark most of the time, and then I have more drinking time because in the summertime it's light all the time. It's still light out at 11 o'clock at night. Hell in yeah. summertime, sometimes it feels like. They're like, will it ever get dark so I can get drunk? Will it ever <laughs> get dark? Right. Although they do say that the best thing for day drinking is night, is it leads to night drinking. Something like that. I don't know. Right. I've had beers. Although in the summertime, we can have more back porch episodes. Yep. Which Bad is always fortune. fun. But it was yeah. always fun. Maybe by then I'll get my own house. Yeah. We can we can, we can have a episode sitting by the fire in the backyard. That'd be yeah. fun. Yeah. Just sitting next to the fire, catching microphones on fire and shit. See if we can <laughs> spontaneously combust some microphones, some beers. <laughs> right in, right when you're in the middle of talking about something I'll throw a little bit of gasoline on the fire just see a jump <laughs> <laughs> whoops <laughs> look like the opening scene from Are You Afraid of the Dark just yeah man I'm excited for that look forward to that this summer hell yeah <laughs> dude I, I gotta be honest I was pretty excited when I thought I was going to be getting so me and the wifey have been looking for houses for the audience um which right now is like the worst time in human history just about ever just right right now 1920s uh and then right after the uh if you've ever seen the big short like the fucking real estate crash in love like 08 or some yeah. shit like that yeah uh and i found this house that was like a farmhouse and it had a barn and I was so jazzed up about that barn because basically it was had 11 acres with it, but the guy had sold off all the acres and like parceled it out or whatever the hell, sold it to developers. So I was just, and then like they had this one house that was originally there with a barn, but I was only going to have an acre. So what the hell am I going to do with this barn? I'm like, dude, there's the podcast area right there there's the money maker and I was like I'm gonna get like a cast iron stove put it in there so we can do shit in the winter and if anything we could just sit around the cast iron fire and just crank out some beers oh yeah but sadly did not happen you haven't had even any, though we drove by it you haven't had any acceptances on any of your offers yet no we just had one we just we've only done one offer and we were the second up uh it's crazy like the listing price for the house was like 210 and we had to offer like 230 for it 
And on top of that, we had to do like a $5,000 appraisal gap uh, just to get like, and we were like the second, um, second to first or whatever. A second we were the first runner up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God. Yeah. And like, they sent us a email going like, if you all do $20,000 appraisal gap, we'll give you this house right now. And for all the listeners, if you like appraisal gap basically means if the house appraises low, you're going to give him them the balance out of the appraisal gap. So if you say, I'm going to, let's say you offer 230 and it appraises for 200 and you say you give, we'll do a $10,000 appraisal gap. That means you're going to have to give them $10,000 out of your pocket. So I'm like $20,000 appraisal gap. Like I'm not giving anyone fucking $20,000. Uh, and it not go to anything other than I just get to now spend $200,000 on a freaking house. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you get the house. It's crazy. You get the house, but damn, like I also have to do a down payment on it. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, hell. And that, and that money doesn't go towards the house, like the equity or anything like that. I don't know. Right. It's crazy to me. I, I was uh, trying to talk yeah, my so wife did, into into selling our house for oh yeah because we we only paid 150 for it and it's a price appraising for over 200,000 now yeah like the house right next door to us is smaller than ours and it sold for 100 or for 215 yeah now right now's the time to sell problem is what are you going to live in yeah because like you're going to be spending that in the same type of house Right, right. So, I mean, yeah. But we'd have, you know, almost a hundred thousand dollars of we could put down on something where we didn't yeah. put anything down on this. True. So that we could afford a more expensive house with a hundred thousand dollars we could put down. Right. But whatever. She don't want to move, so I mean, we'll I get continue, that. We'll continue falling yeah. down the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. The how was it, the dude? I have definitely seen some pieces to shit houses. Also, I realized I should have bought a house in college. Like I realized this now. Going through this, I realized I had. I'm fucking. I remember in college saying this more than once. I just want to buy a house and rent this shit out to my friends and have them pay the mortgage for me. And then I'll get, and I'd like, I, I said it, I said it to like my parents. I said it to my brother who has a lot more money than I do. I'm like, but I just didn't know how to do it. And I didn't have the drive because I was a fuckhead college kid. And, uh, the, uh, and I wish I had done that now, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But looking at some of these houses, like I also look at like the cheapest houses. And there was one talking about being on the side of a fucking cliff. There was one that was like a hundred grand. I think it was ninety step, right? In this market, in a normal market, it's probably selling for like sixty five, right? It's not. It wasn't like the prettiest thing on the market and it wasn't terrible though but it was like the location sucked it was like a, it, you know those houses when you're on like a big ass curvy road and you're going down a mountain and you're like 
someone just plopped a house on a curve. Yeah. And you're like, who the hell would live there? It was one of those houses. Um, but I was like, this would be the perfect, like, I'm going to buy this for 97 and I am going to live out of it. Like if I was a single dude or if I would like divorce dad kind of status, right? Uh, go live there, put some money, build it up a little bit, then just rent that piece of shit out to like a bunch of college kids because it was very much like away from everything, very cool vibes, but not like no one else is going to live there. Right. 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 Yeah. My dad actually did that when he was was fresh. He went when he didn't go to college, but as soon as he got out of high school, he went to the army. And then as soon as he got back from the army, he took that money that he made in the army that he never, never spent a dime while he was in the army living in Germany and uh, bought a house and like about 20 minutes north of Cincinnati and like made two apartments out of it and basically charged like he like lived in the basement part of it and he rented out the top part of it and had that person that rented out the top part basically paying the mortgage yeah for sure and he was just basically paying all the utilities and shit yeah (laughs) yeah that's all you gotta do yeah man and then he said that that's one of his biggest regrets is when he got married to my stepmom that he sold that house <laughs> she wanted him to sell that house because she didn't want to live in that neighborhood why why wouldn't why wouldn't you just go buy a new house and rent that one out longer right that's what he wanted to do and she didn't want to deal with the drama of that so she was like no just sell it I don't know he's like stupid so stupid <laughs> Right. Yeah, because you can retire on that kind of shit. Right. Yeah. Uh, or you can be all like, the all the old people that I work with right now, because I work yeah. in a basically a retirement home. They all, they all own property, all of them, and yeah. rent it out. This one guy owns like three office buildings. That's where the money is at. Because then these, it's these companies that are just paying you shit ton of money and it's just office space right he's like i don't have nobody in the nobody's in the building after five o'clock he's like it's the great it's the best tenants i've ever had in my life he's got it's he said it's three different office buildings and each one of them he said the tenants are he actually was trying to sell me one of his office buildings because he's getting too old to keep up with all of it right I was like, I don't know, dude. I I can't afford it. He's like, but it's a great investment. I'm like, I understand that it's a great investment. He's like, I'm trying to give you a hand up here. I'm like, I don't have the money. Yeah. I don't have a hand to give you. Right. Uh, Unless you're giving it to me. Right. That's definitely boomer mentality for sure. Of like, what? I'm giving you an opportunity. Like, cool. I don't need opportunity. I need a surefire thing. Well, not even but not I, even that. Like, dude, I just don't have the money to buy well, the prop yeah. the the office building. Like, right. I'm also see office buildings. I feel like the only downside would be 
weird, like the location of it all. Because like if that area starts going under, the, I mean, how many times you've seen office buildings go to shit? Because it used to be like, you know, you're like, oh man, that place was like the shit back in the '90s. Now no one goes over there, and I'm like, someone owes that building, and it's just sitting there, just falling to pieces. And you gotta wait another ten years for a bunch of hipsters to come by and put artisanal dog food places and shit like that. The one thing, the when he first started talking to me about it, the first thing I thought of actually was this podcast. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, we could dedicate like a couple rooms just to this podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> Take that to the next level. Yeah. Like you come walking in, we'll have a green room as soon as you walk in. And then back behind there will be the bar, all the bar, the bar set up for the podcast. Yeah. I don't know why, but for, <laughs> for some reason, I'm like, I, the first thing I thought of, which I don't think this necessarily, but I just, I was sitting there going, man, this would be the most polished turd at, like podcast ever. Like, you all have so much shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, for, uh, for a podcast with 23 subscribers on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I like the dedication. Yes. We've been at this for years. Still nobody's listening. <laughs> They're coming. No, oh, whatever. Hey, my mom. <laughs> her painting. Her painting channel on YouTube is over a oh, thousand yeah. followers now shut up for real yeah yeah she sent me a message you like a week ago of a screenshot of her page over a thousand followers now <sighs> little little 10 15 minute videos of her in fast forward time making paintings almost every day she puts a new one out yeah i could totally see that people love artsy stuff like that and it's got good little music going on in the background and it's very like child like family friendly oh yeah there's so like i know like my aunt's uh hair salon they just have it on on the tvs in the background Mm. like uh like my i know my wife has put it on like when we're trying to get the kids to bed she'll just put it on on the tv so it's it's just soothing it calms the kids down they just like to sit and watch it you know grandma kathy's look it's her painting oh isn't that one so pretty she's like yeah. a next wave bob ross uh, dude she they some of them look great and she's actually selling them now too nice she's getting people hitting her up on her on her uh sending her messages on there like hey can i buy this specific yeah. one in this in this episode i want to buy that one she'd be like yeah so she started selling them i um uh, somebody said something to me the other day or it was some, like someone was making fun of something talking about us and our subscribers and everything else and it's like I know like every comedian has a podcast, like even amateurs, yada, yada, yada. And someone said something along the lines of, I mean, it's probably just like two white guys with the podcast that uh, talks about conspiracies. Like they said something along those lines. And I'm like, hmm, 
yeah, you don't say. And I was like inside, I'm like, oh, that fucking hurt. Oh, that hurt so bad. <laughs> That's exactly it. I know. I was just like, damn, you just described my podcast that you don't know I have. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I was like, damn it. I was like, is that what it is? Are we a? Are we gonna be a dad joke? We, we need to start just getting. I'm. I'm telling you, man. We need to get. We're on Zoom right now. We need to get zooming people in here. I know a bunch of people that are drunk all the time. <laughs> yeah. Let's get them on here and get their pretty little faces on the screen, and God only knows what's going to come out of their mouths. And right. that's gold. It is true. It is true. Start interviewing again. Yeah. we. That's when I was just scrolling through all the old podcast names. Seen so many Wacky Kathy, Montez, James, James Colby. Colby, you know? Yeah. We, we used to do that all the time. I know. When you get back to doing that again, yeah, when get back to the back to the basics. <laughs> the basics. Oh my god, that is the <laughs> now. Sorry, there was like I, my last job. They had a, a retreat called Back to Basics, and they would make everyone go stay the night at these hotels in Lexington, and basically. For a weekend, you had to go to all these classrooms, and and like and this entire this billion dollar company sent everyone, and like you had to go, you had to wake up every day at like eight, and you had to stay there, and you could only drink Kentucky ale beer, um, or whiskey, whichever one you wanted, but like it was a thing, and um, I remember the owner like made I was a tour guide at the time and it basically asked me like how I don't know I forget what he said this man was worth billions of dollars right he came in and wanted us to give a tour to his friends who were like high rollers like he I don't know he's a fucking king of Spain I don't know who the fuck this guy was right. but he was worth billions of dollars like his friend was they're like yeah we just flew in on a private jet yada 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 some friends of mine he goes i don't feel like doing the tour because he was he, he would do like big groups like he would have governors and shit there and uh he uh he was like why don't you one of you all go do it and so like our manager did it because you know he's there so she's like "Ooh, i got it takes off so he's just sitting in there with us and we're just kind of bullshitting and he's like asking us shit like where do you see yourself in five years? I'm like, is this a fucking job interview? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and like he, had, he's talking to me. He's like, where do you see yourself in five years? I was like, I don't know. I was like, I'd say uh, hopefully some, somewhere further, further, uh, somewhere else in the company. He's like, Oh, he, he was like, you don't see yourself tour guiding in five years. I was like, God, I hope not. <laughs> and I've realized, <laughs> That might have not been the answer because he kind of looked at me kind of surprised. And I remember looking over at the other tour guides like, that was the right answer, right? And they're all like, <laughs> not to the guy worth billions. And he just kind of like, and he smirked at me. It was just kind of like, okay. 
where do you see yourself? I'm like, well, I mean, I want to be somewhere in this company. That's why I'm here. I guess start from somewhere. And he goes, so how do you plan on doing that? I was like, I'm tour guiding. I was like, you know how many marketing and sales guys you all bring through this place? I was like, I talked to every single one of them. I was like, I just got to get one to like me and help me get in somewhere. And he's kind of looking at me like this kid's got something. He's like, you know what you need? Back to basics. Is I'm like, oh, I was like, we're, we, I was like, we're not allowed to do that. He goes, why not? I was like, because we're not full time employees. And basically, when the manager gets back, he like looks at her and goes, they're going back to basics. And she's just like, I don't, what's going on here? And I'm just kind of like, sorry, <laughs> that's that's my, my fault. Oh. Uh, so then all part-time employees from then on could go back to basics. And it was like, it was like jury duty is the way everyone else described it. It was like, fuck, I got to go to back to basics. And I'm like, okay. So like, basically he, like that was going on that week. And he goes, what are you doing Saturday? You're going back to basics. I'm like, well, what I'm doing is I got my other job. He's like, it's not important. I'm like, it kind of is. No, he was, that was your opportunity there, Alex. He was going to make you a, his personal assistant. He was going to give you a leg up. Yeah, he's going to give me something. He was going to hand you the keys to your future. And you're like, no, I got to go chill at fucking your other job. Yeah. I got to go serve Asian food. Yeah. I did with a vengeance. With a vengeance. Yes. Yeah. Dropped lettuce wraps and fried rice off. Just boom, fried rice. Suck it. That's right. Uh, right. So we started this podcast in 2019. Oh, the, summer, the summer of 2019. And we want, we made a deal that we we're going to at least let it last 10 episodes. Here we are 200 episodes later, same number of people listening. <laughs> I would say we've quadrupled the amount of people start off with four. Uh, <laughs> just about actually my wife brought this up to me before. Cause I was talking about how we only have just a few people on subscribed on youtube or whatever and she's like yeah but on apple podcast you guys have like a thousand people will listen to an episode on there right and i'm like yeah okay i I'll, there is that i guess right so people are still listening i guess they just haven't realized that we're on video platforms now you can Pretty find much. also like dude there's I don't know if you've looked at the analytics on our website on soberlessthoughts.com, but like in the last, just this year alone, we've had over 6,000 people go to the website. Wow. So whatever that means. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's multiple different ways that you can listen or watch the podcast. Uh, you can watch it right on the you can watch it right on the website actually. Yeah. You can go on soberlessthoughts.com and watch it right right. They have the newest episode that comes out 
right on the home page, the first page you go on. Or you can go to the watch tab, find stuff there. Those are like, it's like the direct links for the YouTube. Or you can click the YouTube tab. Or you can click the Rumble tab, and it'll take you to our Rumble page, which is where like all the uncensored serverless thought shit is. Because like every episode that we put on YouTube, I have to cut something out of it. Like literally every single one of them. Right. But when I make that episode, like I save the original, and then that goes on to Rumble because it's the fucking wild, wild west over there. Right. So you can watch the original unedited, the director's cut, if you will, on yeah. Rumble. That's that's definitely where we're going to put more of the video stuff. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I speaking of that, that, speaking of that, that's where we need to do the, we, we need to do more of these uh, rock hard cider cinemas. Yeah. <laughs> rock hard cider cinemas yeah. coming, coming to the Rumble. We've got a whole list of movies we got to get to. This is true. And I like your setup over there now with the big flat screen right there in between us. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we got, we can do that right there or we can do it over here with the big, I got the big 50 inch TV right here. Right. I want to invest in some comfier chairs. Yep. So I know, don't make it too comfy, then we'll fall asleep sitting there. (laughs) Well, I meant like lumbar support. (laughs) Okay. Well, Bill Lumbar. Yeah, uh, I just don't want my back to hurt after two hours. Right. But yeah, so look forward to that in the next 200 episodes. Uh, we are not going to do any more book reviews. I have a feeling. No more book reviews. Uh, I don't know. I just I just bought Anthony Bourdain's uh, first book. If you wanted to do that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even know that yeah, he had I- books out. Yeah, I didn't. I, apparently, it's one of those. It's a must read. So. Well, everything on the New York Times bestseller list is a must read. Oh, I know. I just gotta say. Uh, what else? That's it. Oh, we're gonna do some. Uh, we're gonna do some drunkards in history coming up soon. Yep. I was we gonna got, say that. We got a uh, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. We're gonna do that episode. Maybe live. Sh- live from the Irish pub <laughs> yeah don't quote me on that though <laughs> go down to Main Strauss and set up somewhere yeah and then get our shit taken from us that'll be <laughs> at gunpoint that'll be great <laughs> be a hell of an episode it would be it would be as long as somebody's filming from the side with their phone so we can get right. it all on tape yeah I mean, like in the bar, we just have to go to, we'd have to go to a chill bar. I don't know what that would be. One of the bar golf ones. Dude, I, did I tell you that I, that all the videos for the, that I recorded for that night were all corrupted? No. I couldn't use any of them. Not a single one. Damn. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but I put them all onto my all from my phone onto the computer like I do all my uh, pickle sticks media shit and none of them none of them came through Hmm. they were all like I couldn't even 
play the videos on there. It was really weird. Yeah. And then I tried to put them back onto my phone so I could edit them on the phone. It didn't work. It didn't. Like, yeah. they were messed up that way, too. Like, damn. God, damn. Must have been something on the download. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So that's where you can find us. Soberlessots.com. That's the links to all the all of our social media. Everything's there. Uh, you know, join the other 6,000 people that have been there this year. Soberlessots.com. That's where it's at. Probably because I've been writing it on bathrooms all across the nation for the last <laughs> couple months. Yeah. That could be reason. That could be reason. Could be the reason. <laughs> could be the reason. Alex, what do we say when we get out of here? We like to say for the 200th time, we're in a skillet. You need to stay cheesy, keep it greasy, and flip on out. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time You don't have to go home But you can't stay here I know you will 